amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. From realghoststoriesonline.com, this is Real Ghost Stories Online, the podcast. It's group therapy for the paranormally affected. Phone number to call in is 855-853-4802. You can write in through the website, Real Ghost Stories Online. And please remember to press that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to us on. iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, TuneIn Radio, and so many others. Whatever it is, subscribe to make sure that you get every single episode sent directly to you the second we release it. And if you can't get enough of the show... Or let's just say you enjoy listening to the show on a uh, regular basis. We ask that you please help support the show. This is a show that is funded by you guys and supported by you guys. We ask for just that $5 a month donation. uh, And we'll give you an extra episode every week if you're one of the supporters. We call those folks EPPs, Extra Podcast Persons. Uh, So you get the extra episode every single week, works out to about 52 extra episodes a year, and uh, some other extras, some goodies, some stuff that we're only going to send out to the EPPs uh, as a thank you for their financial support. Only five bucks a month, or you can do 10 or 15, those are the other options, but uh, that's completely up to you. Uh, Everybody gets the same thing, it's just whatever you, uh, you feel the show is worth to you. So we greatly appreciate that, and thank you in advance for showing support that way, and being an EPP. We send out those episodes once a week via email, so if you've signed up recently and are going, where's the EPP episodes? This way, they will come in your email. We send those out, like I said, once a week uh, uh, to all of our EPPs once they are signed up. On today's episode, we got uh, all sorts of creepy calls, creepy stories, a little bit of follow-up for you on some stuff, uh, all sorts of stuff, including uh, a little bit of follow-up uh, for our friend Richard. Um, I'm not going to dive uh, too far into his message at all. Uh, per his request, but I just want everyone to know uh, what the status is on that. Uh, and there's an update since our last uh, update that we talked about the other day. Good. Okay. So I just want to just let folks know what's uh, what's going on there, since a lot of folks have been uh, been asking and wondering and following along and offering advice uh, for our friend Richard. So we'll talk about that uh, for a little bit here uh, in just a little bit here at Real Ghost Stories Online. One of the uh, recent pieces of feedback that I got I thought was kind of cool, and I've heard these references made a couple times now. So I guess this is kind of, uh, I guess, how we're being perceived since perception is reality, you know? Okay, is this good or bad? It's good. I mean, it's good. It's just, you know, you never really know exactly how you're going to be perceived when you do a show. You can have one thing in your mind of, you know, how how it should be, and it, your audience will tell you something completely different. And I have to honestly say, um, it's kind of what I thought, too, once we started getting into the show. So okay. that's a good thing. Um, and here's the letter. It says, you guys are awesome. Uh, I can uh, hear you guys only improving as time goes on. Uh, I remember when there was only three episodes and like under a thousand subscribers. I hope 20 years from now, you're both household names and still doing stuff related to paranormal. Kind of like a cross between Art Bell and the Warrens, but better. God bless you. I think what you're doing is actually important work, even if I am listening to get spooked more than to learn. That's from Michael. Thank you, Michael. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I I honestly thought the first time you asked me to sit here 
mm-hmm. thought, okay, I'll do this one time because I'd never <laughs> even listened to the show. Yeah, you hadn't. No. And I, I felt really bad about that because I didn't want to not support you, but I'm just really so, so, so susceptible to getting nightmares uh-huh. that I thought for sure this would be giving me nightmares. Yeah. Knock on wood, it has it. And I'm kind of thinking that might be for a reason because I need to keep doing this with you. Doesn't it almost kind of make you more, uh, I don't know, I if, if calm is the right word, uh, but, you know, maybe less anxious about paranormal or the topic of paranormal? It does. Just because you can kind of put things into more of a perspective. I mean, I think it, it, it makes it more real to me listening to, and doing this show. Um, and... Uh, it makes it uh, my mind that much more, I guess, aware of what the possibilities are, what people are going through, and and how dark it can get. Yeah, which you know I, is uh, it, to me when you, you take a step back, there's scarier stories out there than I ever thought existed. From some of the calls that we've gotten, and scarier than the worst, you know, based on a true story Hollywood movie I've ever seen. Um, that have just been average individuals calling in, sharing their stories, but at the same point. I just think because we talk about it in such kind of a rational matter, mm-hmm. I'm less freaked out about the topic or less, you know, anxious or spooked. I, I never really was freaked out about the topic. I think that's kind of extreme, but I get less spooked. I, I feel less anxious when I'm walking around a house that I would feel otherwise may be haunted. Okay. Um, I just kind of feel at ease with the topic and, and kind of have a good grounding of knowing what's, what's good what's bad what you know where things can go wrong what you should be doing what you shouldn't be doing um and there's less questions i think in my world about you know how things like that could enter your life and so you've always had a a much better understanding of the paranormal Mm -hmm. world than i have even though i've had experiences and you haven't sure um my you know, when I first started doing this, I would have thought, oh, well, there's a soul here. Let's try and, and see if we can figure out who it is. Now oh. I'm like. You realize it's probably not. In a lot of cases, yeah. not necessarily a soul. Yeah. And so I've I've learned. I can't even tell you how much I've learned, not only about how the paranormal is, but about myself realizing mm-hmm. there's things about myself that I didn't know were actually gifts. Yeah. And so I really feel like that I could go on doing this as long as we have listeners. Yeah, I feel the same way. I absolutely love doing this, and I think this is going to be my final step in radio. You think so? I think I'm, yeah. I mean, I uh, when I left commercial radio, I, I, at my last station, I said, this, this is my last station. I'm done after this. I was just kind of getting burned out on playing music and giving the forecast. <laughs> um, and I, so I kind of said that to that. And I really didn't know if I was going to do anything show-wise after that. I just kind of thought, I'm going to do my production business, make commercials, and, uh, you know, watch YouTube videos for fun. <laughs> you know? But I, I never really, I think, contemplated the idea of doing this podcast until I started doing it about, you know, almost a year ago, when I kind of started doing it intermittently. And then it was really was like, this is kind of the next world of radio here and we're kind of in at the ground level of it well and isn't it so much more rewarding oh god this is 10 times better than yeah. <laughs> because it's freedom you know we can talk about what we want we can say what we want you know and and we're all we have a community that that listens to the show because they like the show mm-hmm. which i love and that's when you have really you know an active community like we have and it's why we appreciate you guys out there so much who comment on the shows who call into the show who write in with your stories and give us your feedback and give each other feedback 
that is so much more rewarding of an experience because they're listening because they want to, not because it's not in their office right. or because it's one of the four options they have in their car, you know, to press and listen to. You know? Or it's storm time. Or, so yeah, they... or there's a storm, so they have to listen to the weather forecast. Right. You know, that's what makes it so cool. That's what I love about podcasting is you're, you can just, this community can be created around an interest in a topic and a passion. And uh, in our case, you know, sometimes almost like a group therapy type thing, a support community uh, is what we have. I think, so, you know, some of, we have a sect that listens for entertainment. We have a sect that listens for support. And it can all kind of intertwine and help each other. And that's why I really really dig this whole show well and i have to give a big shout out to every single listener who's ever put up a nice comment or called in or said anything about liking me being here because you've had (laughs) 18 years worth of experience doing any kind of broadcasting i have what 40 episodes now yeah and we know what's amazing to me about all of that is you know most of the time in in commercial radio, the only times you would hear vocal people was when they wanted to bitch about something. Yeah. And when they wanted to tell you how much they didn't like you. I've heard, you know, 99 out of 100 comments about you have been good and they like you. <laughs> so in regular radio, it would be the like opposite. I know. <laughs> you know? So I know. it's like we have a community that's positive it's on, a, on a semi negative topic right you know a very positive community on a topic that can be fairly negative which is really neat well it's just so nice they've embraced me and my inexperience well that's what the show is about it's about being real you know it's about you know being honest with our you know experiences and and that's what we do so I, i i'd rather have you in here as someone who's never done broadcasting who doesn't have, you know, the preconceived notions of how we need to talk here and do this and that. And you just talk like a human being and that's all you need to do. And you can really, you know, do a decent show. So I love having you here. And I, I love think, being here. And I think a lot of them do too. So um, that's a little rant about how much we love you guys in our community. <laughs> <laughs> now on some scary on stories. On to the show. Yep. <laughs> uh, 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in with your real ghost story. Let's go into one of those callers right now. Hi, Tony and Jenny. It's Bart from Pittsburgh. Um, I wanted to take a minute to, to tell you guys how wonderful I think you are. And, Tony, I want to know how you knew at such a young age you were going to have a perfect radio voice. And, Jenny, I'm so glad you're taking classes because you're so intelligent. It's, it's not just a great gift for you, but it's a gift for your children also. Okay, so I'm going to pause. I did not plan to play that call right there as to, like, let's continue on the Pat Us on the Back Fest. Really, it was just... It just happened. It just happened. So thank you, Barb. Continuing on with your call. <laughs> Now I'll tell you my story. My husband asked me if I told you about Della, and I said, I can't believe I forgot about Della. And when I tell you this story, you'll understand why I can't believe I forgot about Della. Della was a a real good friend of ours. We have another house up in the Allegheny Mountains, and she lived across the road from us. And uh, she ended up being diagnosed with bone cancer. And she suffered for quite a while with it. And uh, at the end, her husband called over the house her niece and uh, her husband were at my house she's one of my best friends and he said if we want to say goodbye to Della it'd be a good time to come over and do that so we did and she was still pretty chipper actually even though it was so close to the end she was still very lucid and telling death jokes and being Della she was a great girl but uh, we went back over to our house and we were all standing out on my back porch 
and all of a sudden there was this big ruckus in my house, just crashes and bangs and this big gust of air come blowing out of my house through my back door past us. And my husband said, Della's dead. And the phone rang. Della was gone. We said, we know. She was here. So then we went in the house to see what all she did in there. It went at the front of the house, the carbon monoxide meter was blown out of the wall and all broke up on the floor. We had an alarm clock, the little, one of the little plastic ones with the plastic face. The face or the, the cover for the face was blown off. The hands were all bent out of shape. And I had some pots and pans and cookie sheets and stuff sitting on a chair because I kept those in my oven and when I used the oven, I took them out and sat them on a chair. Big chair, steady, you know, sturdy. They were on the floor. They were, that was what the main noise was. And then she blew out the back and I wish I could have heard her because I'm sure she was saying, woohoo, I'm finally free. Well, that's it, that's my story. Talk to you next time, bye. Thanks for calling in and thank you for sharing your story. You hear a lot of that where it's it's like the last hurrah I, yeah. from someone passing and that energy going away. Yeah. So thank you for the call and and thank you for sharing that uh, that the very special story that you know obviously one that uh, that you're gonna hold. It's 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 a story where you know sometimes you you get those or, or you can hear them from people, but when you experiencing when you experience them for yourself. I think that's just kind of one of those confirmations where you go, yeah, there really is another side. There's something that's going on once you're gone. Well, you know, and that energy is, your energy is going somewhere. Right. And I think, you know, when it happens at the exact moment that a loved one passes, you just know. It's, you know? it's comforting. It is. You know, kind of. So thank you for calling and sharing that story. We do appreciate that. You want to share your story? You call in at 855-853-4802. It's a toll-free call. Uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you leave us your story and we play it back. That's how we do things on this show. If you're a brand new listener, you can also uh, write into the show if you'd like to do that. Our website is realghoststoriesonline.com. And you can also, uh, if you have a story you want feedback on urgently, a community is forming in our uh, forum uh, message board section. Uh, there's a, fo- a couple of folks on there uh, that, that reply back all the time. I think that have kind of taken it upon themselves to be our... Uh, unofficial moderators, if you will, of ambassadors. the uh, ambassadors, if you will, of the forum. So uh, That's that, great. I believe we have a call from one of them tonight. Uh, and good guys that uh, just, you know, they, they want to help the cause in, in any way. And they're they're on there and uh, providing feedback and uh, kind of keeping things in check a little bit. So. That's nice. So you're always welcome to uh, post there uh, as well. Got a letter here. De- Dear uh, Jenny and Tony, stop right in the middle of this episode. Yes, I'm a little bit behind, but I wanted to immediately comment on what our new pastor demonologist friend said about the sage. And this is in regards to uh, Joe's call the other day. Uh, he had a different take on the sage. Yeah, he did. And uh, then what Cisco uh, has said and some other folks has said. This is what uh, our listeners uh, take is, and continuing on with the letter, uh, and what his Native American friend told him. My close family friend, actually, I've known him since uh, he was 12 and I was 14. Uh, then he was my uh, brother-in-law for 12 years. And, of course, uh, he's my two oldest boys' uncle. We are in our 40s now. Anyway, he's half Chippewa, born on a reservation in Minnesota, son of one of the tribal elders. 
When he married, the day of the wedding, a package arrived from his father. It was a handmade birch bark basket, a braid of sweetgrass, a braid of sage, and a Ziploc bag of long grain wild rice and instructions on how to bless his marriage, home, and family. He actually had not had any contact with his father since he was very young and could not even remember his father. At 24 years old, he was proud of his heritage, but didn't know much about it. So this package arriving just two hours before the ceremony and the significance of the gift had a profound effect on everyone. I don't think he ever found out how his father uh, had uh, even known about his wedding. The sage was to bless and protect his home and all in it. The rice was to be eaten by everyone in the family, and I don't exactly remember what the burning of the sweetgrass was for, but the sage was to remove any negativity from their home. Sorry for the long story, but I felt it mattered. Burning the sage was not to see any spirits. Other tribes may use it differently. I can't claim to know it all, but just sharing what I do know. Okay, and see, that's kind of what I thought it was to rid the negative energy. And that's what I would say from the research that I've done. It has been kind of the overall, uh, I think, feeling on the topic. Okay. Um, So I'm not quite sure... um, where Joe is coming from on it or what, where he's basing that, but um, it, I, just, I think it's just another take on it. Yeah. So so that's uh, that's that. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in with your real ghost stories. Hi. Hi, Tony and Jenny. My name is Rico. I was a previous caller. I called y'all and let y'all know about this episode. Um, I have a bunch of different stories to share. Uh, one that really stuck out to me that I totally forgot about was uh, my parents lived in Parker County, and uh, on top of the hill, my best friend he lived on an old, supposed old Indian burial ground, and uh, we would always hear stories and people say that sometimes at night you hear kids' feet rustling in the leaves and everything, and every once in a while we would hear strange things but kind of ignore it. Cause we were all into horror films and stuff, so nothing really scared us much. Well, we used to have people over at his parents' house a lot. And what we would do uh, is we would try to scare the girls and that would come over when we would hang out and everything. But well, one day my friend Robert ended up getting a video camera and we started toying around with it, just recording stuff and doing random things. Well, he got the bright idea to tell these girls about the uh, the ghosts over in Parker County and everything. Uh, that little Indian kid ghost, supposedly, that run the land over there. Well, what we did is we staged a... Uh, we tried to stage like a sighting. He had a hammock in the backyard. We weighted down with some rocks uh, late at night with some fishing wire kind of staged like a whole scene, made it rock back and forth when there's no leaves rustling or anything. And uh, we just kind of staged the video as a joke to show people and be like, look, those are the the crazy kids out there, the crazy kid ghost. And uh, everything was fine. The the way we recorded it is like we made, we walked in, acted like we were scared. And in the video, we... Uh, shut the door with some fishing wire well we laughed about it and told the people about the video and everything and then when they would come over we would show them this video and we'd have our laughs and everything and the girls would get scared 
well, one of the people we showed it to, she had seen something in the video. So she said to, uh, she said, oh, can you rewind that for us? Real quick, I saw something and I was like, oh yeah, you know, she probably did. And when we went back and saw what she was talking about that she pointed out, when the door shuts, you can see somebody walk by and uh, look inside the window. And it looked like a, about like a teenage boy. Well, we slowed it down uh, frame by frame. And once we did that, you can clearly see somebody walking through um, the yard in the back and look inside the window. And uh, basically what happened is I told my friend, I was like, yeah, I think we were messing with something that we shouldn't have. And we were pretty much inviting it. Um, so after that, we kind of just stopped toying around with that kind of stuff and stopped messing around. But uh, I have some other stories. I just wanted to share that one real quick. And uh, thank you all again. And uh, y'all have a good day. Thank you for your call. It's funny. It sounds like the joke's on you. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Um, did he say he was? they were doing anything like, you know, Ouija-ish or anything? No, uh, no. He just said that they were staging it to look like... Um, like a haunt, like they like were getting a, a ghost. Yeah, on but it was all fake, and it was just a, in good fun it was to, to scare, scare some the girls. girls. Right. Okay, sure. And then they end up getting a real ghost out there. Yeah. Wow. I'd love to see that tape if you have it. That would you know, be cool. If you still have that video, um, and you could send us that or send us a link, whatever, um, we'd love to see it and uh, put it up on the website because um, that <laughs> just that would be creepy. And we've not heard about the. Uh, the little Native American boy in Parker County. So no. if you want to fill us in on that too, that would be a great story. Yeah, that'd be another good one to uh, to share with us. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in with your real ghost stories. Let's go to a letter. It's from Jesse. Jesse writes in, first off, love the show. Keep up the good work. It's nice to hear the stories of others because many in my family have had experiences. It's good to know we're not alone. I'm from a small town in central Massachusetts with a lot of history. We're surrounded by old native grounds, old farms, and rail trails that have been out of use by the railroad for many years. In the center of my town, there are even old slave tunnels that have had their entrances filled and covered. Lots of history here. I have since moved, but within my childhood home near the town center, many events occurred, such as, but not limited to, footsteps, doorknobs turning, and items swinging on the walls. It was not constant, but it did happen scattered throughout my life without any logical causes. The story I'd like to share took place during the summer in Blood Forest in Lancaster, Massachusetts about seven years ago. Lancaster is a neighboring town equally rich in history. One night, my brother and I had a party in our old home. About six friends showed up and told us that my cousin and our good friend could not make it because they decided to camp in Blood Forest. My brother and I had the grand idea to go out to the forest with our friends and mess with them. However, that started out as an innocent gag. Turned out quite disturbing. Knowing our area's Native American roots, I brought my native flute and picked up I picked it up at a powwow when I was a teenager many years ago. The plan was that we creep up to the campsite, play the flute, mess with my cousin and friend, 
and eight of us arrive at the entrance of Blood Forest. We quietly make our way down the trail. We can see them sitting in their campfire. Everything was planned. I played the flute. The two knew it must have been a gag, and the response was to start drumming on a nearby log with sticks. We rushed into the campsite and had a good laugh. The gag was up, but they did admit they were pretty scared. After hanging out with them for about an hour, we decided to clear out. This is when things got weird. In all the commotion, we lost sight of our friend. We assumed he was just hiding and was going to jump out at us for revenge. Just in case, we went down the trail a little bit further to find him in case he had tripped or gotten hurt. As our group made our way deeper into the forest, we caught sight of a dark figure standing in the woods looking right at us. I'd say about 30 to 40 yards away. The lighting was very strange as the moon lit to the forest, much like it does in the winter when snow covers the ground, but the light around this figure was odd, almost as if the moonlight were behind it so we couldn't see what it looked like, only its dark shape. We all just assumed it was the angle our friend was at, possibly under a large branch with foliage blocking the light in front of him. We quickly shrugged it off, called him names, and told him he wasn't going to get us back that easy, and we started heading back to the cars. About 30 yards back up the trail, our friend finally flies out of the woods and scares us, but what scared us more is the fact that not only would it have been impossible for him to have been beaten, beating us back up to the trail unnoticed, but he would have had to cross the trail in front of us because he jumped out from the opposite side of the path that we saw the dark figure. We all realized that if Nick was here, then what did we see deeper in the forest? At that moment, we looked back about 30 yards, which is not that far back. Whatever was there was gone, and the forest was no longer lit with the moonlight as it once was. I actually began, it actually began getting darker. We all then booked it out of the forest frantically and jumped into our cars, including my cousin and our friend who no longer wanted a camp. I've never returned to Blood Forest since this incident, but my cousin has. Its namesake has caused a lot of urban legends about why it's called Blood Forest, but the truth is that it was donated by its previous owner of the town. The owner's last name was Blood. Regardless, the forest has attracted the attention of cults and various groups who have done some bad things there. My cousin has found stones arranged in the form of pentagrams and what appeared to be animals skinned and decapitated and placed in certain formations. The stories of old man blood, I believe, to be fabricated. But what has happened in those woods since his donation has made it a very dark place. I've been told people found in the property are either escorted out and were arrested now. Cars parked at the official entrance are towed. Keep up the good work, guys. I'll spread the word and see if I can get some friends and relatives to open up about some of their experiences. Take care. Mike. I guess the theme for the night is haunts gone wrong. Kind of, yeah. It's kind of funny. Yeah, I actually, uh, fake haunting turns real is what I've uh, titled the show. Okay. But uh, maybe we should name it Haunts Gone Wrong. Is it too late? No. Uh, Especially since we've got two in a row. Yeah, I think I'm going to change the name right now. Haunting's gone wrong. There you go. See, as we as we do the show, I begin to uh, to write out the show description a little bit that we we end up posting, um, and I try to to you know go with one of the the more standoutish stories, if you will. 
yeah. to, to name the show. So I think yeah, Haunting's Gone Wrong is there our official go. title for today's episode. Um, it's interesting how that works sometimes, where you just end up getting a string of stories that all are somewhat related. And we don't plan this. No, we don't. What's in the inbox is what gets read. Yeah, I mean, literally, I, I, I download the calls for the night, and I just play whatever I click on, and we, we go through them, and we read the stories pretty much in order of what they come in, and uh, for whatever reason, a lot of times, they seem to have somewhat of a relationship to each other, so interesting. It is. Interesting how that works. 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call into our show here at Real Ghost Stories Online and share your real ghost story with us. Hi. Hey, Tony. Uh, it's Sam. Listening for about a month now, I'd say. I haven't been through all the back catalog, but I have had some pretty spooky experiences in my earlier life. I'm 14 now. Um, I'm talking around 7, 9. The story I'm going to tell you happened to me around seven. I have a pretty large house. I'd say two times the average Americans. And big enough to run around it. And I would do that often, shooting monsters or whatever I came up with in my mind. And one day I was running around and I came to my, what we call the formal living room. Which is kind of the living room nobody does any living room stuff in. And I tripped over the carpet smash my face on the well when floors and I, I begin to feel my nose bleed and I, I feel like I went black for a moment and I feel very very woozy hazy and then I slowly begin to get up and on the light blue sofa in front of me is sitting a what looks to be civil war soldier and He's a transparent gray, classic garb. He gets up and walks out the door. I'm gushing blood while he's walking away, just spurting. And as soon as he closes the door, and it slams. The loudest I've ever heard that door slam in my life. I've slammed it pretty hard. My nosebleed stops. Hope you enjoyed the story, and, um... I have a call and eventually a couple more. I live in a house that somebody, well, didn't die in, but it was the last resting place for my grandfather had an extremely intense spirit. But um, this is all for now. Um, thank you. Love the show. And I think you can definitely carry it on your own, but your wife is a fantastic addition to the show. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the story. Yeah, thank you. I don't know what I would think if I just hurt myself and then I saw something. I don't I don't know that I would trust uh, myself enough to believe that it was something I would think it was in my head. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think you start to wonder if it uh if it had something to do with it. Right. You know, and then you also start to wonder how hard did I hit my head? Yeah, you but know? I'm not at all saying that he didn't have an experience. No, no. It's just that would be my luck when I would have a legitimate excuse of why I saw something out of the normal. Yeah. Then I would see something out of the normal. Yeah, that's when you would get the... Uh, <laughs> you like, well, you hit your head. It was probably a concussion. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I really think it was something else. A uh, Utah family has uh, fled a home after uh, learning of the grisly past and apparently some uh, unexplained things going on in it. 
uh, two months ago, uh, Joanna uh, Roja, and I'm going to say their name incorrect, Ari- Ariazna, moved into the West Valley City House where Susan Cox Powell lived with her husband and two sons before she disappeared in 2009. Uh, the family, who has since vacated, feels someone should have told them about the disappearance and the husband's subsequent murder-suicide with their children before the lease was signed. This is uh, sourcing from the New York Daily News. I'm just going to read the article. Okay, can I just say Amityville Part 2? Yeah, uh, actually, you know who? You know how I found this link? Because uh, Christopher Quarantino shared it. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, who is one of these children from sure. that. So, um, so uh, the Utah family felt duped when they learned uh, their new picture-perfect home had a grim past after moving in. The lease company allegedly never told Joanna uh, that the West Valley City House was the centerpiece of a high-profile case in which an entire family died before she started to rent it two months ago. Here's my question. Would this be a, uh, what is it, impacted property? A, a psychologically impacted psychologically property. Impacted or property. stigmatized property. Would it be because nothing happened in this house? At least that they know of. The, the woman just disappeared. They don't know what the hell happened to her. But the... And the dad, the suicide, different state. They moved. Didn't happen in this house. You know, I could say it could be because people would be like, that's where that family lived. I could see somebody going, nope, nothing happened in this house. I I don't think so. I could see it go either way. But the thing is, they don't really know what happened to the mom now, do they? Sure. But I'm just thinking for me, I'm going to sell this house perspective. You don't have to say shit because nothing actually happened. If you're going to lawyer up that way, you're right. I, I, don't, I don't know. Continuing on, I believe they should have, they said. Uh, they should have told me. She told a local uh, TV station, I just don't want to be there. Uh, the family, who apparently fears the home may be haunted, says she has already moved out. She even claims their first experience inside the home uh, had mysterious, was mysterious and creepy. And uh, the garage door would open and close on its own. They heard strange noises, according to the TV station that did the report. I hear people crying when I'm showering, she said. That's not exactly the sound you want to hear when you're showering. I, you know, I hate it when I think I'm hearing things when I'm showering. Yeah. You ever get that? Um, no. I don't say necessarily here. I'm just saying I, I have it sometimes where it's like, is there like a, a lot of times it'd be like my cell phone going off or something. Uh-huh. And it's like, just like such a slight sound in the distance. You're like, what was that? You know what? You can interpret it as almost anything when you're in the shower. Alfred Hitchcock's movie Psycho ruined everybody's showering experience. (laughs) Nobody can shower in peace anymore because of that movie. I think you should just take a shower and play that that in the background. And then eventually you just become immune to it and you'll have a great showering experience. There you go. They should play that at spas when you're getting massages (laughs) instead of the... You know, in Bad Kenny G, they should play the Psycho music. That'd be a great hidden camera thing. <laughs> People go to the massage and the music they're playing is like horror music. It'd be kind of funny. Do to you watch. mind the music? Oh, because uh, they usually ask you, "Would you do you mind? Do you like the music?" Yes. Uh, or you say no, and they change it. Everything they change it to it's just a different horror theme. <laughs> <laughs> it goes to like Amityville and then like Exorcist, <laughs> Halloween. It would be great. Anyway, continuing on. Back in 2009, Susan Cox Powell, 28, went missing from her home, never to be seen again. Her husband, Josh Powell, 
who was the only person of interest in the disappearance, killed himself and their two sons in Washington State in 2012, authorities said. Meanwhile, a judge decided that Josh Powell's family cannot collect any more money from his estate when Susan Cox Powell is officially declared dead, the Salt Lake Tribune reported. A person can be declared dead according to Utah law, law five years after anyone saw signs of life from him or her. Josh and Susan Powell's trust and related savings include the home and $2.3 million in life insurance, which has been accumulating interest according to the Tribune. So it doesn't go into detail about the haunting. How about chicken or the egg? Here's you mean the, like if there's something going on in the house beforehand? That might have caused the happenings with the Powell family. Oh. Looking at the picture of the house, I mean, it looks like a fairly new residence. It looks like probably built within the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. Unless it was like completely renovated or something. Um, see? It looks like a fairly, you know. It could be close to 30 years old. Yeah, I guess it could. It doesn't really look like it, though. No, but that architecture could be. Yeah. So I don't know if anyone has any more insight in that case. It just, it's interesting. If you uh, were renting a house and you then discovered that this was the family that used to live there, let's say you didn't have any hauntings going on. Let's say there was nothing going on. Uh-huh. Would you want to get out of that house? Yeah. Would you make up a ghost story to get out of that lease? No, but I would see if I could... If they told you no, would you make up a ghost story to get out of that lease? No, because I don't see myself signing a lease for more than a year at a time. I don't think these people were there for more than a year. I think they were there... I mean, would you just wait out that that year then? Yeah, I probably would. would. Okay. Just if I couldn't get out of it. I would try to get out of it. I I couldn't... I'm just one of those people. I'm, yeah, I can't do the dishonest way of getting out of it. Sure. I... I'm not saying that this family is making it up or anything like that. I'm just saying I could see that happening and and fairly justified. I, I would really condone someone making shit up to get out of that house if they found out that that was the house they were renting. If it was not disclosed to them, oh, you should do your due diligence. Um, but let's just say you didn't. You know, yeah, I could see, you know, finding that out and being like, all right, I want out of here. I mean, because it could affect, I mean, even if there's no ghosts. Here's the thing. If you Google the address, does the story or anything (sighs) linking the story to the house come up? Because I'm sure when they say so-and-so goes missing from this address, that would come up. I'm sure it would. See, whenever I've ever looked at a property, I've done two things. I've either Googled it to see what I could find or, you know, did the predator check thing. (laughs) I love the predator check. It's creepy. And then you're like, oh, I don't have any neighbors that are predators. Yeah. I don't think we have any around here. No. Do we? We've yeah. checked. There's this one guy that we always suspect because he's just so strange. <laughs> the guy that, that goes to the pool with the snorkel? Yeah, he snorkels in the pool and all the kids are swimming. And then and on he's, Halloween, yeah. he's the guy, only guy in the neighborhood that gives out all the full-size candy bars yeah. to get all the kids to come there. Yeah. And he's just flat out weird. It's a little, he is a little odd. He's very odd. Yeah. They were going to get somebody like, I give up full-size candy bars. I'm not a predator. Well, we're, no. No, we're not saying everyone gives up full-size candy bars as a predator. No. But, and if this yeah. guy was just a regular guy, it'd be fine. If you were walking through the uh, down the road and you walked by this guy and you didn't know that he snorkeled by himself in a Speedo and uh, in, a, in a pool that's mainly filled with people under the age of 
13. Right. Um, and then there's this guy who's probably in his 50s snorkeling uh, in a small pool. There's no reason to snorkel in this small pool. Yeah, okay. this pool's the size of a regular individual house pool. Yeah. <laughs> and he's giving out the full-size candy bars. If you didn't even know those facts... You just get kind of weird vibes. He looks like the kind of guy that's going to pull up in a van and ask a kid, do you want to see the puppy? <laughs> he does. You're right. He really does. He's the type of guy that Chris Hansen would love to sit down with and be like, so what's in your pockets? So, yeah. Anyway. Are you planning on having sex? with a... No, this con. I just I just always have these condos with me. You have anything in your car? No. Uh, no. That's, that's the beer out there for it. The, uh... <laughs> yeah. He's he's the to catch a predator type. Um. Anywho, how did we get on that topic? We were talking about Googling properties to okay. find out information. Yeah. At this day and age, it's kind of on you if you don't do your due diligence. There, there's really not a whole lot of excuses. And, and the one I, I really don't get is I don't have the Internet library. There's, this, there's a thousand places you can go and get the Internet. It is today. so easy to find out information. There's ways. Yeah. There's ways. If you really want to do it, there's ways. 855-853-4802. That's the phone number to call in with your Real Ghost Stories here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi, let's go to a call. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Tony. Shannon again. Um, I just heard my story on your show, and I wanted to thank you for reading that. Um, I had a really strange reaction when I heard it. It was kind of funny. Um, I pulled it hundreds of times, but never heard it told out loud. So that was kind of interesting, but um, I had a strange reaction. I got this overwhelming feeling of loneliness and missing my dad. It, I'm sorry, I didn't explain that. Was It was the story of my dad's goodbye visit in a dream. <clears throat> and uh, when I was listening, I just got this overwhelming feeling of loneliness for him. And it was so strange because it's been like 45 years since my dad passed and while I miss him every day and think about him every day you know you, you kind of let those feelings lessen a little bit and so that was a really strange reaction for me to have um, but I wanted to tell you that and I wanted to thank you for reading it um, today I have a couple of stories about my nephew uh, in the house. I think I've told you before that the house I grew up in had sort of a protective entity in it, and uh, we always felt real safe there, and, and uh, the things that happened were kind of protective, and I'll tell you more as we go on, but uh, this story was about my nephew. Um, as I said, my dad passed when I was 10, and my sister was 16, and so there were no grandkids when he passed, but as we got older, my sister married and had one son, and uh, we all were at the house a lot, playing games, board games and card games and stuff, not Ouija games, not Ouija board, we didn't play that, but my nephew, um, and none of my nephews or nieces ever met my dad. And uh, we were all sitting around the table playing games one day, and the kids were playing together, as cousins do. And my nephew left the, the group and came over to the table where we were at. And he folded his arms on the table and laid his head on his arms and just started crying. And he was saying, I miss my grandpa. I miss my grandpa. 
And we didn't really understand this because, you know, he hadn't met that grandpa. But we thought, well, maybe it was his dad's dad that he missed. And they told him, you know, well, when we get home, you can call Boompa. And he says, not Boompa. I miss this grandpa. <laughs> and he was talking about the one that he had never met there in that house. And uh, we didn't really know how to react to it, so we just kind of showed him some pictures and uh, told him some stories about Grandpa, and he seemed to be satisfied by that and went back to playing with the other kids. But it was a really strange reaction for a kid to have over someone he had never met. And then a few years later, I'm not sure, he was still pretty little, but... uh, a little bit older, a couple of years later, I guess, my sister and her husband were kind of going through some tough times, as you do, and uh, she was crying, and, and uh, Robbie came over to her, and he said, it's okay, Mom, and he patted her on the back, and he said, it's going to be okay, and she goes, I know, I know, and, and she tried to quit crying and be tough for him, and, and he goes, no, Mom, really, it's going to be okay, I know, because Grandpa told me so. And uh, she knew he hadn't talked to his other grandpa that was still alive. And she says, what do you mean, Robbie? And uh, he said, when I was at Grandma's house, Grandpa came down and told me that everything was going to be okay. And she says, well, what, what do you mean he came down and told you that? And Robbie said, well, I was sitting on the floor playing with my cars, and he came down and told me. And she said, what do you, where, came down from where? And he said, well, like from the corner by the ceiling. And he came down and he said, don't worry, Robbie, everything's going to be okay. So, see, we don't have to worry. Grandpa will take care of us. And uh, <laughs> my sister didn't quite know what to, ta- to make of that, but uh, everything was okay and, and they did fine and came through it. But... Uh, I don't know. He and Grandpa just seem to have a special bond, and and I guess nobody really knows except for him and and Grandpa for sure. But we have a pretty healthy outlook on life and death. You know, none of us get out of here alive, and so we kind of take that at face value. You just live your life the best you can while you have it. And uh, we try to pass that on to our kids, and, you know, we mourn our people as they go. But... uh, we try to show them that it's the, the memories, the good memories and the good times that, that you have to remember. And uh, we pass that down. So hopefully it's a healthy way of looking at it. We, we think so. But anyway, he and Grandpa just have a special bond, and those are my stories. Again, I wanted to thank you for putting them on the air. And uh, thanks a lot. I appreciate you. Sending you love and blessings. Bye. Thank you so much for your call. I enjoy your stories so much. Do you remember her first story? Yes. Okay. Um, for our listeners who don't remember, it was uh, sh- the dad had heart issues, I believe, and he passed away, and he came to her in a dream, and he brought her the vitamin C pills that he used to bring home to her from work that she loved. And um, the thing is that, you know, he also came to the sister the same night, and then, and they both shared that same dream. So to me, to hear those two stories, you know, having not 
ever known anything else about your your dad that sounds in character for him to come to your nephew to be comforting because he came to you and your sister, you know, like that. I, I think those are all neat stories and are just, you know, you should just treasure all that. That's one of those stories where I really kind of walk away from it going, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not a dark spirit there. No. You know, we, especially because it just kind of comes, it kind of goes, doesn't really do anything else. There's nothing malevolent going on. It's no. just... It's there, and then it's done. You know, it, you know, it's the ones where it's like constant luring in, and sometimes it's really nice and friendly and warm, and then the next day the dog has like scar marks on it. You know, that's where you go. Okay, this is not necessarily Grandpa. Uh, this one, this is Grandpa. It is. I'm pretty sure it's Grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for the story. Thank you for the call. We really do appreciate that and love getting your calls. The phone number is 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost stories with us. And if you've not done so yet, if you like the show, if you've been listening to the show, we ask that uh, you become an EPP. You can help support the show that way because there's a lot of hard costs that go into putting the show out to you every single day beyond just the energy and time that we put into putting this show out to you. There's actual monetary costs that we have the bandwidth for getting the show out to you to the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of downloads that, that happen every single month worldwide. Um, the hosting of that audio, the audio equipment, the phone line, uh, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, so a $5 a month donation is all we ask. You can do 10, you can do 15 if you want. That's up to you, but five is all we ask. Um, and uh, for that, we're not only going to give you the show you know, continued every day for free, uh, we're also going to give you, if you're one of those folks who give that donation, an extra episode every single week. So you get a bonus episode of the show to listen, listen to. If you're a binge listener, you'll really appreciate that because it's one you can kind of use. It's like an emergency episode i'm like oh i need it i need my fix it's almost like netflixing it is you get an extra episode so yeah. um we do that every single week it equates to about 52 extra episodes a year five bucks a month i think it's fair for you know um but it's up to you if you like the show we really do appreciate it you can become an epp that's an extra podcast person and yes it is a play on evp um on our website realghoststoriesonline.com just click become an epp and uh, please help support the show and thank you in advance uh an update on our friend richard uh in chattanooga you know who uh who has been out he uh he wrote on our youtube wall the other day a brief update and i'm not really gonna I think uh, I'm not going to share anything more than what he shared on there publicly. Um, but uh, he did say uh, on there that he sent us a, a private message and I couldn't find it. Um, I thought because he said he'd been trying to call and the calls weren't coming and that he was emailing and the emails weren't going through. Um, but then he, uh, he he messaged me on Facebook and then I was informed of the hidden folder on Facebook uh, that I guess you have and I didn't know it exists because they really hide it deep who found that for you uh several listeners because i said the other day i couldn't find a message because i checked all the inboxes and i didn't realize there was this other inbox that's like you have to click way below and it's it's like other messages is what it's called they can't just give you your damn messages um anyhow i did find his message so it did get through to us um and and he's doing okay um he said on his his public message that he found some stuff um, he doesn't really want to go into it publicly, um, but uh, it, it's kind of disturbed him and he's kind of working through it and hopefully it will lead to a solution to what's been going on. Let's hope so. So let's, uh, I'll leave it at that. Um, and if he wants to share more down the road, I'll let him do that. Um, 
but uh, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully he's on the uh, the right path, and he does appreciate everybody's writing into him uh, and uh, the the letters, the encouragement, the uh, suggestions, the recommendations, all that. Uh, very much appreciated. Uh, but that's uh, that, that. That I think will be our, la- our our last update on him until he wants to come forward and say more. I think that'd be good. So I um, just want to let you know he's doing okay, um, but uh, he's on. He thinks he may have uh, discovered some stuff that will put him on the right path to getting some of this taken care of. So good. So there we go. That's the update on our friend. If you have a real ghost story you'd like to share with us, 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802, hours a day, seven days a week. You call that number, you share your ghost story, it gets on the air, and you get it off your chest, which I've a lot of folks have been saying, just calling in and, and saying some of these things out loud has been therapeutic. Because... And, yeah. It's, it's something that a lot of people look at you strangely like, yeah, yeah, what happened? Okay, well, I'm going to... Oh, look at that. Look at the time. I got to go. Uh, this That's not how we work. You know? No. No. And we try and always, you know, just analyze what you've told us and yeah. not analyze you. That's not why we're here. Yeah. It's just share your story because we all got them uh, and uh, we would love to hear them. Or you can write in as well. Uh, or you can even like, there's another option now. You can post on our message board. Uh and uh, even reply back if you want to help out some other folks right there, uh, 24-7 at realghoststoriesonline.com. Hi. Hi, Tony. Hi, Jen. My name's Jim. I'm from Iowa. In your shows lately, you've been talking an awful lot about how uh, hospice care and relatives visiting and dreams and stuff like that. Well, nine years ago, both my grandparents died. They died from cancer, and they died two months apart. Uh, I knew before they were passing that I was going to inherit their house. And the way the hospice worked, they both died in my living room. So, of course, when I moved in, I've always been a fan of the paranormal, you could say. So I was waiting for things to start happening around the house. And we've had a couple odd occurrences, but I would not consider it haunted, nor do I consider either one of my grandparents to be there. Um, my grandfather died first and he passed from cancer, like I said, around uh, Father's Day. My grandmother died in August and I'm not sure if you've seen someone die from cancer or not, but they mentally degenerate to where they, uh, I don't know how to put this, um, they almost go into like a vegetative state and their capacities decline. And watching my grandmother go through that was one of the hardest things I've ever seen. So I finally broke down and took a walk to my grandfather's grave and all but begged him to come take her because she didn't deserve this. And I came back my hospice bed was set up in the living room with the couch next to it and my aunt was sitting on the couch and about five minutes after I walked in I had walked in to look at my grandmother and my aunt sat bolt upright and her eyes got huge and said someone just sat down next to me and she jumped up off the couch and was like that was crazy Um, nothing else really happened other than that and then the next day my grandma passed uh I have dreams about them on occasion, but not like the way you guys described where they're very vivid and everything. It's just 
uh, like there'll be a big family gathering and my grandparents will be sitting at a table off to the side and I'll be like, wow, they've been gone a long time. I'd really like to go talk to them. I'll sit down and say, you know, a few words like, Hey, how you been? And we sure missed you. And they'll say, yeah, it's been a while. And that's about the extent of it. But I just thought it was interesting. You guys have been talking about hospice and visitations and it kind of brought up those memories. Um, that's really all I had. Love the show. Keep up the good work, and hopefully we'll hear some more good stuff on the show soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you for calling in and uh, sharing that story. Um, that's interesting. I mean, that's it's what you hear um, a lot of hospice patients say, um, although it was the aunt that said that, right? Well, yeah, but you also hear of people sitting with hospice patients yeah. that have experiences like that. Yeah, that's interesting. We're like someone sitting down right next to you. Um, that's interesting. I mean, and, and, you know, I, I like the idea of it where you, you know, you get to the end and, you know, if it's, you know, I guess as planned out as it can be, you know, that would be a fairly planned out ending if you're in a hospice situation, you know, as compared to a sudden car accident, um, you know, where your loved ones can, the other ones who have passed on your loved ones can show up and be like, all right, party's over here. Yeah. Let's let's carry on this way. Uh, I think that's that's a nice thought, and I hope that is how it works. Yeah. You know, and and the thing is, you hear a lot of that, so it kind of, you know, again, we're talking about a topic here that no one has a sure answer to, but based on the stories that we've heard and the volume of stories that we hear on this topic, if you're to make an educated guess on how it works, I think that's probably how it works. That's my educated guess. It's not an expert opinion. It's an educated guess. I wonder if, and this is all, you know, this is just speculative. Yeah. This is how my mind works. If you do die suddenly, if, because you're so confused, or I would assume you'd be confused if somebody who's already passed comes and kind of leads you where you're supposed to go. Yeah. What's interesting, too, and sometimes in those states, what you hear of, and this is not all the time, but I've heard this with Alzheimer's patients, I've heard it with cancer patients, who have been extremely vegetative for long periods of time. Right at the end, like, last couple minutes, suddenly popping awake, back to themselves, like, pre-Alzheimer's, pre-vegetative state, having, you know strength that like where the hell did that come from how did you just sit up like physically how did your muscles work to do that um sometimes then communicate to some person that's not there or to family members that are simply around them a quick blast message like i'm okay i'm gonna go on now and then they're gone which is really interesting it's almost like the reset button is being pressed right then and there right and they're suddenly you know alzheimer's is gone they're suddenly coherent in who's around them and who they are and they're ready to go and they go uh, or they're, you know, they're getting the message from the other side and the side that's there is no longer mentally or physically there for them. They're just seeing the other side and their, their body is still there. I think that would be a nice thought that your last memory of that person would be more like that than what you had been watching. Yeah, I think that that's the ideal way to go. You know, if, if you have to be in the, you know, the, the, the 
kind of the the difficult. I would not want to be in that state for a long period of time. No. You know, I think my my preference would just be going in my sleep and I'm out and never really oh, notice it. Oh yeah, everybody wants to go in their sleep. Everyone wants to go in their sleep, but I mean, I mean, if you had to pick, that's the way to go, wouldn't you? Something sudden. I think something be, sudden. Something sudden. Yeah. I like. Don't, so I, I mean, this is going to be totally selfish, but so I don't have to suffer, you know. Well, yeah, that going in your sleep seems fairly sudden. I know, but well, you want more drama? You want no? I just like don't, be on like the shrimp buffet and suddenly don't want to wake up. Oh my up. god, mom's head is in the cocktail sauce. <laughs> no, I just don't want to wake up, and you just don't wake up. You're just there. Oh, oh yeah, I see what you're saying. I'd rather freak you out. That would be fall better. into the um, the shrimp boat. That red lobster. That, you don't get to decide. That's not how I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm not saying that's how you're going to die. <laughs> I know. I'm just telling I'm saying, you. But you're okay. Well, I you're going to pick it. You're going to just decide when you're. No, no. It's just going to be before you die. <laughs> Listeners have commented on it. There's actually a thread on our website about this. There is. About you telling everyone that you're going to die before me. And how do you know this fact? I don't know it as a fact. And, and there's folks sticking up for you going, some people just feel that way and that's all you're saying and that's all i take it as i don't take it as a threat i just no. take it as it's no, no. god no. no i mean for somebody that's that's not person not myself yeah. but who's dealt with family that have had sure. problems with threats and stuff it's yeah. not a threat no no i just have always felt that i don't i don't see later in life being here without you so mm-hmm. that's why i've always just felt that I will probably go before you. Sure. It's just a feeling. It's just yeah. a feeling. It's not yeah. a threat. I'm not no. going anywhere. No. Well, our listeners were just wondering, or at least five of them were on the message. No. <laughs> no, I'm not suicidal. No. So, no. no. And, and that makes sense, you know, kind of with the empath thing and kind of having the feelings. There's folks, are, and there's some folks who are sticking up for anything. No, it's just a feeling thing. Yeah. But in fact, most were just sticking up for it. That's but, all it is. Every single response was, she's just like that. I'll quit saying it. So. I'll think it, but I'll quit saying it. She does want to end up in the shrimp boat. <laughs> Just not in the sleep. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost stories with us. We would absolutely love to hear them. Of course, write it on our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Please become an EPP if you like the show. Five bucks a month or you can do 10 or you can do 15. It's up to you. Whatever you think the show is worth to you a month. You decide. Everybody gets the same stuff. It's an extra episode every single week emailed directly to you. And there'll be more extras, too, for you. Some extra uh, video stuff. And I'm thinking of some other stuff, too, that uh, will be sent out as a thank you for helping uh, support the show. Do that on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. So, for Jenny Bruschi, I am Tony Bruschi. Thank you for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.